This podcast is part of the No Phony Podcast Network, the home of independent awesomeness. But they were all just incredible experiences. It was that was a, it was a wonderful experience. I, I'm talking to you on an iPad that's that's on top of a box. Casey, today's a great day. Yes, it is, sir. <laughs> Do you know why it's a great day? It's uh, Friday night, man. Because you and I are together, Casey. Uh, We're together again for our 11th episode. We made it 11. I don't know how we did it. And we're, we got some good momentum going. I'm really impressed. I mean, we got like this little community following us and people are actually seem to be enjoying what we're doing. Yeah. What's wrong with those people? It is, this is a shit show. But hey, if people are, are into it, you know, let's keep doing it. Yeah, we got a lot of great feedback from last week's episode with uh, Tammy Stronach from uh, The NeverEnding Story. It's really good. That was a cool one for sure. So I heard you had a pretty good last couple of days. You almost didn't make it to this podcast. You're just <laughs> getting into your seat. Yeah, it was uh, it was a rough few days. I'm not used to uh, drinking and uh, you know hanging out all day by the lake, you know, with a bunch of friends. And uh, yeah, it was awesome, man. I saw some guys I haven't seen in a long, long time. Remember, I was telling you about uh, that I used to do the whole wrestling, pro wrestling thing. That's right. Yeah, it was a bunch of guys from uh, my old wrestling days. So it was a lot of fun. How long has it been since you've seen them? Uh, about 20 years. Some of them. Wow. Yeah. There must have been a lot of drinking. <laughs> a lot of drinking. <laughs> yeah. I think I might have had about uh, 637 Moscow mules. <laughs> Just in one night? Justin, yeah, it was one night. Yeah, then the next night I had 337 White Claws. Oh, okay. Oh, the White Claw Challenge. <laughs> you should be legally dead right now. You probably have nothing but alcohol in you. How are you not hungover? I know clearly you didn't have that much. but Right. <laughs> Thursday night when I got there, I hammered the Moscow Mules pretty good. And then uh, Saturday, uh, Friday, I didn't, really, I didn't drink at all Friday. And then Saturday, I had a few White Claws while we were in the uh, – Lake Wall and Paul Pack. Yeah, very fancy. Look at you with the white claws. Yeah. That was the first time I ever had them. Figured you were like a Miller Lite guy. No, I'm not a beer guy. I'm not a real big beer guy at all. And uh, that's all those guys, like a lot of those guys had uh, the beer. But uh, Paulie and uh, Cotton were drinking uh, white claws. And I said, let me, let me try one of those. It's pretty good. You like them? I know. Yeah, they for, I think it was like last summer was tons of those alcoholic seltzers. This summer, I had an alcoholic water. I mean, it was just alcohol and water. And I was like, what the fuck else are they going to make? I mean, there's nothing else they can put alcohol in. Once you get the water, it's like, you're done. There's nothing left. Everything's would, been made. Was it flavored? I think there was a hint of something. It was terrible. It was awful. Because um, I'm not a big fan of the seltzers. Like, I'm not a big fan of seltzer drinks. But with that little bit of flavor in it, it was like the raspberry ones. Yeah pretty good yeah especially like on a on a real oh. hot boat in the middle of a lake <laughs> you're highbrow now i don't even know you you're, you're too classy for me 
I was like, you know, thinking you're drinking Schlitz in natural life. And now you, <laughs> you're now at White Claw. Damn, I thought I knew you. Yeah, and before that, it was uh, Tito's and uh, ginger beer and out of the copper mug for the Moscow Mules. Yeah, well, I think you had a better week than me. So we had big, big uh, storms around here. So I had to deal with a flooded basement which was like the saddest thing. Cause that's like the, the only room that I hang out in is that basement. Now it smells like mildew was terrible. So I finally got all the carpets ripped out, got everything like to the point where I could just turn the basement back into the, the heaven it was. <laughs> so last night I was like, thank God I'm back. Like I was encroaching in my wife's space. I was just like walking around the house. I don't know what to do. I don't know my basement. So last night uh, my wife and, and I had a friend over and I said to uh, this, this woman, I said, have you ever seen, Friday the 13th. She said, no, I really don't know what it is. Is that the one with Michael Myers? No, no. How the hell can you say that? A little bit younger than us. So I was like, let me show you something. I want you to see, I want to see what you think of this. I've never met anybody who's actually never seen a Friday the 13th movie. Even my son somehow has seen a Friday the 13th movie before I had a chance to show him. So I put it on and she's like, yeah, I like monster movies. You know, I, I can handle it. And Five minutes in, she's horrified, just absolutely horrified. It was part four. Part four starts with like recaps from part one, two, and three. And it's just nothing but the kills. So in like five minutes, you've seen 800 people die brutally. And she just has like her face is white. And, and she's like, she says to me, she looks at me, she goes, what kind of fucked up person makes these movies? <laughs> and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, I've been watching these since I was a kid, but you got to be pretty fucked up to keep making these movies. And I was thinking about what I really like about these Friday the 13th movies. And it dawned on me that what I think I like the most about them is that low budget quality that like, it's so almost poorly made that you can see how they're making it. You know, have you ever done, um, do you know what the soap opera effect is on your TV? I don't think so. It's a thing that's, that you can get by changing like the motion smoothing on your TV and it makes it look like a soap opera. It makes it look like it was filmed like a soap opera was which isn't the way that you're supposed to see film movies. But when you have it on, sometimes you can actually look at the movie and kind of see the green screen behind it. Like everything just looks a little bit more realistic. And then you, you can kind of see what the movie's like without all the, all the whatever polish. You know, so it, it dawns on me that I prefer watching these kind of independent movies or these poorly made cheap movies maybe better than I like big Hollywood blockbusters. <laughs> I really enjoy the shit out of those movies. I do too, man. I really like it a lot. And now that I found, like, speaking of the Friday the 13th, I didn't realize that there's, like, a whole nother series of those movies that are fan-created. Yeah, there's tons of them. That, that, that's fucking awesome, like, they're, which makes it even, like, more cheesy because I haven't, I mean, I've, I've seen clips of one because uh, the girl from uh, Joe Bob's show is in it, and I was just checking it out to see what it was like, because I didn't know anything like that existed. Yeah, I but, uh, cool. yeah it's Friday the, th- it's Friday the 13th Vengeance or something yeah, like yeah. that. And they're not bad. Like, they're almost as good as those movies. I mean, right. the, the feel is different, because we're not in the 80s anymore. But I've seen, there's a, uh, I wish I could remember the name off the top of my head, but somebody had made a Batman movie, and they had Batman, they had the Joker, and then all of a sudden, Batman is fighting uh, Predator. Friggin' Predator dr- jumps in, and now Batman and Predator are fighting. I'm like, this is a freaking homemade movie. This is better than half the shit, you know, that's on the big screen. And then after they're done fighting, 
the alien jumps in from the aliens movies. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it, and it looks incredibly good. Some of these things are amazing. And that's on YouTube? Yeah, it's all on YouTube. So wow. the Jason movies, you know, the um, Batman movies, there's a lot of Star Wars movies that, that are fan-made. Some are real dog shit and some are really <laughs> impressive. And I'm, I'm really, now that I'm getting older, really starting to like these kind of movies better. There was a movie that came out one time. Like, nobody should like this movie, but this tells you how screwed up I am. It was like 1966. This movie's called uh, Rat Finka Boo Boo. Okay. It evidently, it was, a, it was like started out as a, as a real cop movie or a, a, a detective movie. And I guess like 45 minutes into the movie, they're looking at their footage as they're making this movie. And they're like, this thing sucks. Like, <laughs> we're, we're done. Like, we got to figure out a way to, to salvage this movie. So they turn it all of a sudden into a superhero comedy. Like, it, in a second. You hear like the slapstick music, like all of a sudden the tone changes. They put on like a ski mask to be like, it, it's a take on Batman. Like instead of having the Batmobile, they have the Finkmobile. Okay. And they're just running around wrestling people and beating people up. Like the movie just changes into a comedy. All of a sudden they're fighting a giant guy in a gorilla suit. Like what the, like the whole thing just changes. And, and they just must've been like, look, we're, we're screwed. We have a, we have a contract. We have to get a movie out. I don't know what to do. Let's bring in a giant, you know, dude in a gorilla suit. and Let's battle him as, as superheroes. It's just crazy to me. And I enjoy the shit out of that kind of nonsense. And they just change the movie like halfway through, like with no explanation or anything. It just changes. Nope. Just changes. <laughs> and what's that one called? That's Rat Fink of Boo Boo. There's a whole like genre of art called Rat Fink. Do you ever see that? No, it's not. Uh... It's like that rat, that weird rat that's in a, it's always in like a, a hot rod, hot rod. In a car. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forget those. I know, I used to know some of those artists. Yeah, I can't remember any of their names. Yeah, yeah a lot of that alternative animation, alternative illustration stuff is pretty cool too. That might yeah. be one to do a cool show around. For sure. So speaking of uh, low budget movies, so I watched this movie um, because you'll tell us in a moment who our guest is, but this movie was called, uh, Limbo that I, that I got a chance to watch. And I know you've seen it too. I mean, it, Limbo is a great movie. Like I was watching this the other day, talk about low budget. It was just a really sort of small production. There was really only like two or three different sets, but it was just a smart movie. It was a fun movie and the whole thing kind of came together. And at the end it had a trick ending. And I was like, I love these independent small budget movies. Keep making them. But I'm always wondering about, uh, like how many there are. So our guest, why don't you go ahead and say who our guest is since I'm teasing. All right. So our guest is named Richard Reilly. And he's been in, I mean, everything that he's been in has been a memorable character. He's played a memorable character. Like everything that I've seen him in, I remember his part specifically from that movie. He's just a great character actor. Uh, he's been in Star, Star Trek, The Young and the Restless, Grounded for Life, Tremors. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Quantum Leap, Roseanne, just some of the movies he's been in, Free Willy, The Fugitive, Lightning Jack, Casino, The Fan. He's been in over 400 television shows and movies. I mean, we thought Larry Hankin had a lot of credits to his name. I mean, holy shit, this guy has been around. He's got a 50-year-plus career. Oh, really? That long? Yeah, man. Well, you, all right. So I was leading up to the fact that he also, you said everything he's been in, he's been memorable. That can't be true. When you're in 400 sub movies, there's some, <laughs> stuff, 
I, I, was, I didn't say that. I, I, I said <laughs> that everything that I've seen him in has been memorable. Got it. Okay. I, I remember him in everything that I've seen him in. I remember his character specifically because it's just, it's always great. Like he's in office space. There's a great yeah. scene in off a couple great scenes in office space with him. And uh, it's just like, <laughs> I just watched them the other day. It's they're, they're great, great scenes. But some of the movies, when I'm going through his IMDb, some of his movies, I'm just like, I've never heard of that or that. <laughs> And maybe we should ask him about it. Like, how do these things get made? Who's putting money behind them? Who, who writes them? How do these things actually get to being produced? Now with the internet, maybe it's easier. But before the internet, it was only what? Home video? Like, that was the only alternative to being on the, on the screen? So people were spending a lot of money on some of the, into some of these things. And I always wonder when they fail, because most of them seem to fail. Most of these movies, most people haven't heard of. Like, when you go down his list... You know, like they're low budget movies. They're, they have to have an audience. They wouldn't keep making these things if they weren't, there wasn't some reason to believe that they would turn back money. That whole low budget industry really just fascinates me. Like trauma. Have you ever seen the trauma movies? Yeah, actually, actually, uh, if I wouldn't have been at the, uh, the lake this weekend, I was going to go to the Mahoning drive-in theater. They had a trauma weekend there this weekend where they played, uh, I think six different trauma movies and actually Lloyd Kaufman, the the owner and like writer of all of the trauma movies. He was there for the weekend. Really? That's yeah. cool. Well, you know, he wrote, he wrote a book. He wrote a, I think he made a, um, wasn't one of his movies, terror firm or wasn't it sort of based on behind the scenes of making a movie. I'm, I'm kind of screwing up some of his, uh, some of his stories or some of his movies rather, but yeah, I mean, he calls that kind of movie making as, kind of sloppy and you know loose and wild as it is he thinks of it as art yeah i think i do too yeah absolutely yeah he made a career of it i mean and a lot of people he wrote a book on uh how to make movies like that you know how to make movies i forget what the book is called but it's uh how pretty much how to make low budget movies didn't i just say that (laughs) (laughs) is it called how to make make your own damn movie or something like that yeah, I think it's uh, something like that. Oh man, it's about making low budget movies. <laughs> yeah, I hope Lloyd's not listening. I, I sound like a shitty fan. I don't even know the name of his book. <laughs> we should have him on the show. He's got stories. I guarantee he's got stories. Yeah, for sure. I'll try to get him. Well, Casey, enough of my rambling anyway about that stuff. So you know, Richard's coming up soon. Um, we got a couple minutes left. What should we do with these minutes? How about some plugs? Are you going to read them again? I love when you read. <laughs> no, I'm going to go right off the top of my head. I don't have anything to, to read this time. I All did right. forget to mention a couple people that we interviewed that I uh, should have threw in the plugs last week. DougDanger.net. You can go get his book. If you go to DougDanger.net, you can get it signed by Doug. And also Joey Allen from Warrant. Uh, he, I just, just, just check out Warrant's Twitter page or Instagram. They don't. Uh, Joey doesn't have his own uh, account anywhere except on Facebook. I guess you can friend him if you want to. Uh, so our plugs: uh, Twitter, Instagram, all those were uh, Deluxe Edition Pod, only one e, and then uh, Facebook Deluxe Edition, yet another pop culture podcast. Uh, we have a website, deluxeedition.show. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash deluxeeditionpod. 
And that is it, Bill. Richard is here in the waiting room, so let's rock and roll. Welcome to the show, Richard. It's good to have you. Thanks. It's great to be here. So we were talking in the, in our we do a little intro before uh, we get started, and uh, we were talking about your long career. I was reading that out of uh, all these different roles that you had, you could have also possibly been Cliff Clavin. Is that true on Cheers? No, no, that's no? I don't know where. Yeah, that's one. That's one of those urban myths that keep coming up, and nobody seems to be able to deal with it. The closest I've I've come to that is. Um, uh, my cousin, uh, Mike Mahar, went to school with Cliff, and they did a lot of films together uh, when, they were in, when they were at uh, Sacred Heart University in, in Stamford, Connecticut. But that's, uh, that's about as much as I know about that. <laughs> well, somebody's got to change your IMDb page, then, because that's, uh, that's on the trivia on there. Oh, there's lots of things on the trivia. I, I supposedly, I, I'm married with four kids on the trivia. <laughs> <laughs> that's I don't know how, what that's all about. Wow. So, so let's see. You grew up in uh, Wisconsin, right? That is correct, yes. <laughs> Went to Notre Dame and then spent a, uh, quite a bit of time in Germany. Can you tell us about that? Well, I, uh, while I was at Notre Dame, I spent about 18 months uh, in Germany. I was on the uh, sophomore year abroad program. We studied in uh, Salzburg, Austria, and actually it was all mostly in Austria. Salzburg, Austria, and then we did a semester, or actually a whole year at the University of Innsbruck. And then I ended up uh, staying and going to this little town called Breitenfeld on the Czechoslovakian border. And I was there for about uh, two months until the Russians invaded, and I I chilled it out of there. That's a good idea. Yeah. So I'm I'm fascinated by your beard. So we we do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I see we're all bearded. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You, I mean, I was just not expecting that. I think you look fantastic with the beard. Have you ever rocked that beard before in a movie? I have. Uh, not not quite this look. Although uh, I've done Santa Claus fifteen times with various beards that they put on me, and I had a. a uh, I, I had a different looking beard for a priest that I did. And I'm glad I had the beard because it was in January. It was colder than heck. <laughs> <laughs> so in preparation for talking to you, I went on to uh, IMDb, you know, I'm doing my homework and, uh, you know, I wanted to see all the movies you were in and it just said everything. <laughs> well, I got to figure you've been asked the question, you know, what's your favorite role? So I'm going to try to turn that on its head. What is your least favorite role or least favorite experience working in the movie business? Well, that's just been so interesting. People constantly are asking about, about uh, uh, various uh, uh, directors and actors that I've worked with thinking I'll, I'll come up with some story. And so far, you know, knock wood, it's been amazing. I did, uh, I did Transformers, and everybody was saying, oh, my God, that's going to be just a terrible experience. Uh, And I got there, and uh, it was was Transformers 4, I believe. And we were in Chicago, and I got there, and uh, they came came up to me, and he said, I'm so glad you're doing this. Here's the trailer. If there's anything you want, just let me know. And it was was just – it was a wonderful experience the whole time. The closest I came to seeing anything was – there was this one poor actor. We were doing shot in 3D, which everything is so complicated. You have to be right exactly in the frame, or if you slip off for one camera, the 3D doesn't work. And uh, there was the one actor that was playing my, my grandson. He kept moving just too far to one side uh, as I was running up this flight of stairs. And after about three times going up the stairs, I got down there, and, and, and Michael said, listen, 
don't make this old guy run up the stairs one more time, please. You know, you know, show some kindness. And, and, and like I said, that was about that was the, the most uh, I, I saw of, of you know of what had become famous of uh, you know his his flyer. He's 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 amazing as a director in that he shoots everything. He has all of these cameras, and they'll just give him the camera with the lens he wants on it, and he'll still start. He'll be shooting. He, ha- he always has one camera at every in every shot. Yeah. Well, yeah, I re- every time I've heard you talk or, or seen you interviewed, you're always so positive. So I was really like, I'm going to get the scoop. I'm going to find out what he hates. I'm going to find <laughs> out what director he hates, what movie he hates. But I doubt there's anything. It seems it like really you've isn't. had a lot of fun in your I life. Feel, I've, had, I've, had, I've had a great time. And that's always been, you know, I don't think I would still be doing this if I wasn't, if I wasn't having a good time. About 12 years ago, I was doing uh, the third season of Grounded for Life. And I was in New York uh, doing a play, and I was, I was getting ready to go back and, and, and do the third season. And they contacted my agents. They said, look, we don't want you as a, as a regular anymore. We'd love to have you come back for several episodes. I, I said, fine, good, whatever. And uh, then I said to my agents, look, whenever I go to the movie theater, I gravitate toward independent films because there's, there's something about them. There's, a, there's a, an excitement. There's an energy. There's a passion uh, about them. And they're, and they're always so, so interesting. There's something quirky about them, too. The stories are, are, are interesting. And can you get me uh, an audition for any of those? I said, oh, well, it's real hard. They don't use the regular casting services and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, see what you can do. I came back to L.A. and uh, they got lined up uh, three auditions for me. Uh, Greg Araki's Mysterious Skin, uh, Todd Solins' Palindromes, and Larry Clark's uh, Ken Park. And I went and I met with all of them and I auditioned for them. And they all cast me, which I was excited about. And I uh, ended up doing all of them that summer. Each one was 180 degrees different than the other one, both in terms of the character, the story, the way the directors work, whatever. But they were all just incredible experiences. They, and they all got some sort of release. And, and once they were out there, I, I got a little bit of independent cred where, where people who were doing independent films were willing to, to send me a script and not be afraid that it would you know, that get automatic no or that my agents wouldn't get it to me or whatever. And that's pretty much what I've been doing since, uh, uh, since uh, what was that, 2005, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because we were talking about that before we uh, started speaking with you. We were talking about independent movies. We were talking about the low-budget movies and how sometimes they are a lot more fun to watch. And you can almost, and it's just what you said, sometimes they're quirkier, but it's also you can see through them a little bit more. They're they're not so polished in a way that you're uh, completely uh, taken out of the entire film. I, I like being a little bit more into the film. And I yeah, think you get too. that out of independent movies. It's a little bit more, I'm trying to find the word, like authorship. There's a little bit more art in independent films, it seems, even when it's a poor or low-budget production. Yeah. Just to me, anyway. And are you finding that a lot more people are, are coming into independent films? Maybe now with the internet, maybe it's easier to see these films and distribute well, them? Well, it, it, it's, it's become a little bit easier, but I, I still have trouble even finding the, film, the films that I've done sometimes. Uh, you know, getting getting to see them. I mean, uh, distribution is is still uh, whatever it is, whether it's streaming or or uh, different networks, is still a problem. But doing the films has has become a, a little bit easier 
for the filmmakers because the, the, the technology in the last 10 years has just been incredible with, with digital and uh, uh, video and, and, and all of that. Uh, I, I did a, a, a Western, it was a little, little low-budget Western, a blind man's, um, God, I can't blind man something. We shot it in Abacu, New Mexico, which is where uh, Georgia O'Keeffe had her, had her studio. And you see uh, the, the, the countryside in all the backgrounds of, of, her, of her pictures. And the director said, I really want to make the, the, the countryside another character in this film. And uh, I don't think I can do it digitally. I, I, so I'm going to do it. We're going to shoot on film. And I said, that's great. But he says, you have to understand, this is a low-budget film. So we're shooting all on short ends. And uh, I don't know if you that... You, a lot of times, uh, back in the day, especially, uh, the, uh, the, the filmmakers, uh, uh, little independent filmmakers would get short ends. They would get what was left at the end, at the end of a reel of film. And it could be like, you know, 10 minutes, uh, five minutes, nine minutes, usually not any more than that. And then they would, and then they would shoot that. But it became, it was, it was real fast. You had real fast startups and you would go, and try and get them, you get a, the, the, the AD would come and say, we have two and a half minutes to get this scene. And so, you know, quick start and please get done. <laughs> and, 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 but it, it looks, it really does look incredibly different. There's a warmth, warmth to it. There's a, a three-dimensionality to it that, that's not quite there yet in, 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 in digital. And, uh, and I thought he did. I thought he did a great, a great job of it. But normally, everything is, is digital, and the, again, the advantage of that is they're they're editing while you're shooting. You know, you can see immediately what you shot, and if there needed any changes, you can do that right then. And usually, the editor, often the editor, is right there on the uh, on the set and is and is going along and editing. And by the next day, you see the scene that you shot the day before. Oh, wow. So that's, that probably really helps with your next, you know, when you got another scene coming up, you're like, I know how that's been edited, put together. I can play off that a little bit easier. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. You mentioned earlier, you were talking about, you know, your agents bringing you the roles. I've always wondered how that works in, in Hollywood. Like, do you have, is it a, a manager? Is it certain agents that just, who, do you, who who is your team? Who do you work with? Who brings you the opportunities? Well, you, should, you know, I, I have to go through my agents. That's, you know, that's sort of the way it's set up. Um, and when and when I made this request about you know I want to do independent films, there was one guy on the agency that I that I, I uh, that I've been with uh, uh, Stone Manners that I, they are called that now they just changed their name uh, they're artists and representatives. Uh, they had one guy on on the staff at that time who really gravitated who really said okay I'll see what I can do and he really found me a lot of these independent films early on and, and got them got them through. Um, there is a point, uh, because the agents make almost nothing on an independent film. I mean, if you're making, you know, 100 or $125 a day shooting an independent film, uh, even with even if they're getting 10%, that's $12. You know, that, that barely barely pays pays for their their uh, internet fees. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so they would rather have you do something that, that paid a little more so that, you know, so that they can uh, do a little better. It's hard for them to make them that as well. Um, but uh, a lot of scripts come through them. Um, now, the advantage of having worked as long as I have 
is that I work with a lot of people. So I occasionally will get, get calls or emails from people I've worked with before saying, we're trying to put this project together. Is there any way you might be available at this time to do it? Or would you be interested in doing it? Or can we send you a script? And I'll say, sure. And then, you know, I'd read the script. Uh, and if I liked it, and I almost always, I think, I think I probably turned on five scripts in my career. Uh, you know, if, if, if there's always something interesting about them. And I'll say, okay, now I need to send this or you need to send this to my agents and they will, you know, they'll deal with all that. I don't, I don't, you know, handle any, any of that sort of stuff. And they're very, and they're very good about it. I've never had anybody refuse to, you know, go, go through my agents. Mm, I see. How do you remember, do you remember every movie you've made if you have more than 400 movies? Um, you know, yes and no. Uh, like uh, Blind Man's, I can't remember what the last word of that title is. And, um, and, I, and I was the blind man. No, uh, but uh, the, I know, that's probably what I remember. No, but there's some, some have changed the, the, the titles uh, since we shot them. There was one, uh, actually the last time I had a beard sort of like this, uh, was in a, in a film that when we shot it, it was called Dismal. And we shot it in the Dismal Swamps uh, in uh, Virginia. And it was about a, a preacher who goes crazy, kills his family, runs away and hides out in the swamp. And then a couple of years, and they can't, the police can't find him. A couple of years later, uh, some businessmen go out there camping and they get too close to his place. So he tries to scare him off. They won't scare off. So he kills one and takes the other back to his cabin and, and waits for the word to come about what he should do to him. And the guy manages to escape. He has to track him down, drag him back. And in the end, he, he zips him up in his sleeping bag and throws him into the swamp. You don't know what happens to him. And, and it, was a, it, was a, it was written and directed by a guy who was the, who was the best boy on a TV film I did uh, a couple of years before that at Universal, Ray Brown. And, uh, and he said, look, I, would you be interested in this? And he sent me the script and said, this is great. I've always wanted to do a role like this. But I, I think, that, I don't know what they call it now. The last I heard it was, it was something like Desperate Escape, you know, so sometimes it's hard to, to find the films. <laughs> well, I thought it'd be fun to, to quiz you on some of your Oh movies. gosh, okay, go ahead. All right, <laughs> I have five titles here, and it's not movies, just movies, it's movies and TV uh, okay. programs that you've been on, all right? One of these are false. I want to see uh -huh. if you can tell me the fake movie. Okay, good luck. <laughs> Number one, Gay Baby. Yeah, I did that one. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was it was a, it was a short film that uh, a, a director friend of mine uh, said, "Look, I, I, there's this kid that I, I'm sort of mentoring, and he has this idea for a film. And uh, and was there any chance that you could do it? We could we could shoot you out, you know, in one Saturday afternoon here in Los Angeles, and you play the, you play a doctor." And it's actually kind of an interesting thing because uh, an in interesting role because you're trying to dissuade him from, you know, from, from a, a get, a, having this kid. And so it was, it was, it was I, I liked the film. I thought he did a good job of it. I think this is for still. Yeah. I saw the title. I was like, well, that stands out. Let me see what this is. About. <laughs> so I was a short. I was like, this actually sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about the 12 dogs of Christmas? Were you in that I, movie? I was definitely in that movie. Uh, it was, there, I had done this, this movie called breathless. Again, I, I don't think that's what it's called anymore. But, but it was it was with uh, some, some wonderful actors. But I, I played just I played just a dumb cop. It's a it's a really twisted uh, uh, plot about about this uh, 
a dirty police officer who's working who's working with this guy and then he double crosses him and he's going to go off with the girlfriend but the girlfriend double crosses the cop and you know and they and they, they all end up getting killed and i keep wandering into places where there's all these dead bodies <laughs> and we had, it was a great it was a great film i really enjoyed doing it well he was he was the uh uh, uh, the first AD on it, and he and he wanted he had a, a, an idea for a film, uh, Three Dogs of Christmas, and um, and he knew I had done a couple of uh, talking dog movies, and so he said, "Would you be interested in, in doing this?" And he sent me the script, and I said, "Yeah, it looks good." And so I get, we went down to Phoenix to shoot it, shot it at his house with his his mother's dogs who were trained, <laughs> and, and so it was a little crazy, but we had a great time. <laughs> you really remember all these. All right. The Golden Girls, true or false? Were you on the Golden Girls? I was for two episodes. I played I played a, a, a detective that comes to, to kind of give them a hard time. They they they're tangentially involved in some sort of crime and I'm and I'm 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 essentially, you know, telling them, look, either either fess up or you're gonna be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> they were great. Those those women were just incredible. How about Kirk? The Kirk Cameron-led sitcom. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I did. In fact, I think uh, I did two episodes, and I think it was his last two episodes, the last two episodes of the of, of the show, and because it ended up at the big party. We were, it was really a good time. At that, at that point, they had it down pat. I mean, it was it, you, you came in, and everything was was bing bang boom. They they knew exactly what they were doing. They they knew exactly how to get it done. He couldn't have been a better guy. And then I did. Uh, Fuller House uh, uh, a, a couple weeks ago, and his, and his sister goes, said, oh, I don't know if you know that, but Kirk, Kirk's my brother. And oh, I said, oh, that's wonderful. We had a great time doing his show, yeah. <laughs> How about uh, First Year Veterans? Do you remember that one? First Year Veterans? No, I don't. Good, because that's the fake movie. That's, that's the <laughs> name of my uh, fantasy football team. So, yeah, <laughs> you, you remember all of this stuff. That's fantastic. What do you like doing better? Do you like doing TV or do you like doing movies? I like I like, I love them all. I like, I just love to work. Uh, TV is is fun for the most part because because there's a you're there with it's almost like doing theater again. You're there with a group and they've been working together and they and they really created sort of a, sort of a family. Whether you're a regular on, on a series or whether you're a guest on a series, there's that there's that sense of of of, of people that, that have been together for a while and they have a shorthand and they. And, you know, and they're obviously, usually, I mean, I, I, as far as I can tell, they're having a good time. Maybe some of them weren't, I don't know. But, uh, but uh, in my experience, it's, 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 a, it's, a fun, it's a fun group of people to be working with. In a film, everything is, is, is so often piecemeal, you know, and you may never see people that, that are in the film with you. I remember uh, there was one year where I did three films with Kathy Bates and only saw her once. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, and that was only because we played husband and wife. <laughs> so we, and that, that, that one, a prelude to a kiss. But uh, yeah, so, but, but film, usually it used to be, and it's not quite the case anymore, that there was a little more time uh, that, you know, there's a little there's luxury of, uh, of having a little more time to, to shoot to shoot the film. And, and so you got, you know, you, 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 you got a, a chance to try things, to try a couple, try things a little more than in TV. TV is really, you know, you got to get it done by the end of the week and that's it. Um, and then uh, that's, but I love going back and forth. It's, it's, 
it's really exciting. You meet so many, you meet so many people. <laughs> what production do you think you're most recognized for? You got one of those faces that when it comes up, you go, oh, yeah, wow, he, I love this guy. He's everywhere. But there's got to be a few that people really recognize you for. And I bet I know um, what it is. I want to hear what you say. Yeah, Office Space. For sure. Everybody, everybody recognizes me from Office Space. Um, uh, and uh, and then I, there was a, a, a period when Office Space had been out for a while, uh, when I was doing Grounded for Life. And uh, it was during the hiatus, and I was in New York doing a play. And so I was on the street a lot or in the subway a lot. And I get the sense that people were recognize me sometimes once in a while they'd say something but most of the time they didn't so I would kind of just listen and, and hear what they were talking about and and for about a week I made, I made a list and at that point it was about 50% off of space about 20% grounded for life and then about 20% whatever was on late night cable that week so you know so one week would be the fugitive the next week would be Joe Dirt and, and that was always, and then there was the, the, the 10% that knew they knew me, but they weren't sure if I had been a, had been a teacher of theirs in, in, in middle school or, or if I, I worked at the deli down on the block or what, the, what it was, but they knew they knew me. They couldn't tell from what. <laughs> That's excellent. So I, I love talking about independent movies. We saw your, your new movie. We saw Limbo. Oh, and right. so, I mean, that's a perfect example. We were talking about it before you came on, just how, you know, this is a really smart movie. It's an independent movie. It's a small, I mean, there's like three different rooms. There isn't really, you know, a giant, you know, set. Not locations, no. Yeah, and then that just, I thought that came together really well. And the ending twist was one oh. I've never seen before. Didn't even see it coming. No, no. I, I, reading it, I, I didn't see it coming. It was, that was a, it was a wonderful experience. I, I got the script from a casting director who I'd worked with and that would put me in a number of, number of films. And she said, look, there's this little independent film. There's not a lot of money involved with it, but there's a role I think you're really going to you know, enjoy. And uh, would you read it? I said, yeah, of course. And I read it and I said, this is great. I really want to be part of this. And so the additional uh, impetus for me was the fact that reading it, I realized I, was, I would be there the whole time to watch all these incredible actors come through and do their turns. Uh, and, and they were amazing. I, except for Scotty, there was nobody in the cast that I had worked with before, but I had seen them and everything. And, so, and, that, was, and that was really exciting. And then Mark uh, Young, who was the director, had, did an interesting thing. He, did, he didn't over-direct us. Uh, and he did, as each person came in, he kind of directed them separately. And so we never knew exactly what they were going to be like when they showed up. So like when, when James Purifoy comes in, you know, and I'd seen him doing all of these, 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 these laser type of, of, of mean guys. I said, oh, God, as Lucifer, he's going to just knock you. Know. And, he, and, and, and we heard him coming down the hallway, clunk, 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 clunk. We go, oh, Jesus, I can't wait to see what he does. And then, well, how y'all doing? <laughs> I went, oh, my God, this is wonderful. And, but then at the same time, there was always that glint in his eye so that you knew that if you stepped out, if you stepped out of line, you know, you were done for. So even, even though you, and, and then at the end, you go, oh, well, that's it. Fine. Good. Let's go on to the next thing. Whoa. But yeah, everybody, everybody was like that. Peter Jacobson had no idea that he was going to come in and just take off, take off after Scotty like that. Just, uh, it was scary. Does that stuff ever get improvised? I mean, when you have actors that are that good, do they, do they sort of take the script and run with it? 
Yes and no. I, I, the script, I, I don't think we, we varied much the script at all. Uh, but, but in the interpretation of, of the script, perhaps it, 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 the, it wasn't what I would have, what I expected it to be when I, when I read the script or not necessarily. All of those lines, I think, were lines that Mark wrote. I, I know, I know I didn't have any lines that were, you know, that, that were either, uh, written by him or given to me, you know, there on the set. I don't think, I think that was pretty much the case with all the actors, but they, the way they, the way they chose to interpret them, I thought was very interesting. So you were given those dirty jokes that you told? Because I want to believe that you came with those jokes prepared and just launched them. Not a chance. No, <laughs> no, they were all written by Mark and, and he wrote so many, unfortunately, that they couldn't all fit into the, in, into the movie. So uh, uh, there's one that's gone. I can't, I wish I could remember what it is. I'll have to see if I find that script somewhere. But the one, but he didn't tell me when we had the screening that he had put one during the during the uh, the closing credits, and so it was a it was a real treat to see that one show up. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> How's the pandemic helping or helping? I'm sure it's not helping. It's probably yeah. not. It's probably hurting your career now more than anything. But what's it like now? What do you do in your in your time? Can you still book uh, roles, or is it still up in the air as to when you all go back to work again? That's pretty much it. There's nothing going on right now. Uh, actually, that's not, it's not exactly true. I mean, like um, Tyler Perry just finished doing a season of Sisters down in uh, in Atlanta, but uh, he's he has a bubble down there, uh, an old uh, army base that he's that he's uh, made into his studio, and it's got the sound stages and places for the for the actors and crew to live. So he keeps everybody quarantined. He said even then it was really difficult to to do it. Uh, and I noticed that, uh, general hospital just started shooting again. Mm. And, and, uh, uh, I watched, uh, I watched an episode and it doesn't look radically different. There's a couple of times when you get a sense that they're, they're, they're make, keeping a little more distance than usual. But on the other hand, there's, there's kissing and hugging and, and usually I haven't seen any bedroom scenes yet. Otherwise there's really nothing going on. I know there was a period in, in May when it looked like things were going to sort of open up again. And so I got a couple of scripts and, uh, but they've all been, all ended up being pushed. Uh, there was one, one script called 500 butterflies, a, a kind of coming of age script they were going to shoot in Virginia. And, um, at first they were going to shoot it in, uh, uh, August and then it got moved to November. And then I uh, last I heard about two weeks ago, I got an email saying we're looking at May 2021. Um, you know, I hope it's I hope that's not it. Uh, at the same time, I've got I've got a couple of scripts that uh, there's one that uh, called 30 Seconds of Hell, which is sort of a, a re a rethinking of, of the gunfight at the OK Corral. And uh, the way it's written, it's uh, except for the actually the actual gunfight. Uh, it's pretty much, you know, one, one person at a time that uh, destiny, the hostess brings, uh, all the, all the, uh, the combatants back from the dead to question them, sort of thing. And so, um, they're, they want to do it. Uh, they want to start shooting the 21st of September. And, uh, I, I still, I haven't gotten details on it, but I, that's the last I heard from them. And then I just got an email from, uh, uh, that, that's in, in New Mexico. And then I got an email from uh, a guy that's doing a, a film called Old Man Jackson, 
which is a very, very funny film. My guy just has a, a terrible day. He, he, he wakes up, he, he thinks, he, he feels old, and, and he's, he's afraid that he might be dying. So he tries to find out, and he, wherever he goes, he gets, he gets in trouble. He goes to, the, he goes to the, a health care place, and they throw him out. He goes, he goes to a church, and, and, the, and the priest you know, throws him out, whatever. And uh, it's a very funny script. And uh, and they're they're now they they he hasn't given me the date but he says I'm sending you uh, the latest schedule and uh, you know uh, th- this coming week and uh, as far as I know they were planning on shooting it somewhere in Texas so I don't know what his plans are with that but yeah it's right now there's nobody knows it's all totally up there. Yeah, things are crazy. <laughs> so I, I heard you say earlier that uh, working on TV is sort of like uh, working in theater because it's like more like a family atmosphere. You started yeah. your career in, in theater, right? Oh, I did indeed for about, uh, gosh, for almost for 15 and almost 20 years I was doing theater. I did uh, uh, regional theater all around the country. And then I went to New York for about, I was a Broadway show and uh, stayed there for about, uh, eight or nine years before I came out here to LA. And I've even done a, a few plays since I've been out here. Um, and, but yeah, I really, I enjoyed theater. I, I had a great time doing it. And I think if you, if you look at the three uh, mediums, uh, uh, theater is the actor's medium because you've got, a, you've got a rehearsal period, you get to really learn who the character is and what the story is and, and where they fit in it. And then when, it, when you perform it, you perform it from beginning to end uh, every time. And you get you know, immediate response from the audience, and uh, and it's you and the audience essentially with you know, with the with the writers, words, and the other actors, uh, and and then I think TV is mainly the is mainly the writers' media. I remember the first TV show I did when I when I got to LA was uh, My Two Dads, and I, I was I was working with Dakin Matthews and Eric Christmas, and we were playing a family. Eric was the grandfather, Dakin was the father, and I was the son. And we, we figured we had among us probably 150 years of experience. And we were doing, it was, it, was a, it was a good script and we were doing some fun scenes. But the minute, you know, you do this, you shoot the scene and, and it was a front row audience, you shoot the, shoot the scene. And then if, if there wasn't a laugh, immediately the writers would change it because they didn't, they didn't think that the, that the actors or the directors could, could make it, make something work. That, you know, so, so it was constantly being rewritten. And then uh, in in film, it's mainly the director and editors, and uh, and you're as an actor, you're trying to give them the best raw material from which they can tell they can tell the story because in the end, they're the ones that put the story together. Well, Richard, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you know, we were thrilled to, to talk to you because. You know, we've seen you so many times in our lives. So I was just wondering, like, oh, I wonder what, he, what he's like in real life. And you're just as charming and wonderful as we, we, uh, we hoped you'd oh, be. Oh, God, come on. <laughs> and really, everybody who's listening, uh, Limbo really is a great movie. I, we were watching it the other day, my wife and I, and we just thought, holy cow, this is a really smart movie. It felt a little bit like theater, too, in a way. The way, I guess, that was sort of put together. Yeah. Very character-driven, and it was just a, it's a great movie. So in closing, we want to let you go. Where can people uh, find you? Where, where is Limbo? Because, you know, we're very important. We got past a, a screener. So we're very ah, important people. But where can the rest of the people important. find it? Here's where you got me, because I have no idea 
uh, what social media or anything anything is. I mean, I, I'm talking to you on an iPad that's that's on top of a box. I mean, it's <laughs> I, I, I you know I don't I don't understand any of this technology. But uh, they they told me that it, it's it's on DVD, so you can order it on DVD. Uh, it's on um, uh, VOD, so uh, the new new films thing. So I guess you can order it there, and it's streaming somewhere, and God only knows where that is because I don't. Google Play, uh, but, Amazon Prime Video, all of those. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, if you look up look up Limbo, they'll they'll tell you. They'll they'll they'll, they'll direct you to a place to get it. But do get it because it is it's a fun movie. It really it really does does play up, and there's some amazing performances right down the line. Everybody. Yeah, it's super. Yeah, I'll make sure I put the links to uh, where everyone can find it. In oh, the- thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, I I, w- I really don't know. <laughs> are you on? Uh, are you on any types of like cameo or anything like that where people can find you? I don't even know what that is. No. <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's all right. We appreciate you taking the time out of the day to do this, man. We we had a lot of fun. This was fun. Oh, good. I'm glad because I sure did. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Good. Take care, guys.